How is everybody? Good. It's good to see you. Grab a Bible and turn to John chapter 11. So for those of you who've kind of worshipped with us on and off for a while, we finished the book of Genesis last week. And so here's what we're going to do today. Um, During the season of Lent, um, this period before Holy Week, on Wednesday nights, uh, we have been talking about the seven miracles in John's gospel or the seven signs. Um, And John calls them signs because they point to something deeper about Jesus. And um, in those services, we've been looking at the miracles and we had six Wednesday nights. Actually, we had five because of a storm, of course. And um, I said that we would deal with the last one on a Sunday, and that is today. So we are going to be looking at John chapter 11, and um, it is the story of the raising of Lazarus. If that is a new story for you, I think that you will find it um, an interesting one, and I look forward to talking with you about it today. So follow along as I read this story. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son will, of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. I want you to remember that. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going to go there again? Jesus replied, There are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Jesus sometimes says some very interesting things, right? Then he said, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply simply sleeping, But Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Yeah, let's go too and die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. Many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in their house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. And even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? 
Yes, Lord, she told him. I've always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people saw who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him. Isn't that interesting? Remember that. He was deeply troubled. Where have they put him? He asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept, and the people who were standing nearby said, See how much the, he loved him? Jesus said, This man healed a blind man. Or, But some said, Jesus, This man, Jesus, healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across his entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be horrible. Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. All right. Thank you for hanging with me. That's a long story. Um, Pretty powerful story. Uh, So after a revival had concluded, three pastors got together and discussed the results The Methodist pastor said, well, the revival worked out great for us. We gained four new families. The Baptist preacher said, well, we did better than that. We gained six new families. Presbyterian pastor said, we did better than that. We got rid of ten of our biggest troublemakers. kind of funny. I wasn't sure if you'd think that is funny. Pastors think that is hilarious. Um, Just saying. So um, here's our question for today. Uh, What is one way that God has used the lighthouse to restore life in you? So we have, uh, we have asked a question like this now and then and kind of want to make clear that we're not uh, asking this question to make us feel better about ourselves. Um, I like to ask a question uh, like this once in a while for us to process together, but also for new people to hear uh, that what some of us have experienced here is possible. So if you'd like to answer it, Flint and um, Mr. James will uh, run the microphones and you get their attention, you stand up and you speak into the mic, give us a brief answer so we can get a few of you to share. And is there somebody who'd be willing to get us started? What is one way God has used the lighthouse uh, to, to restore life in you? Anybody willing to share? Good morning. Lighthouse has taught me, and God's used this to teach me, it's okay to ask for help. 
And even when I don't ask for help, there's people here who will come and say, hey, do you need? Thank you, Heather. Good morning, my name is Sarah. I'm in recovery six years now, just over six years. So about six years ago, I got out of Share House. And the first uh, recovery meeting I came to was here downstairs. I was talking to Pastor this morning, and I told him the story. The first room I went to down there is a room that when I came here, I brought my kids to go be taught Sunday school. And so I, I had nothing. I had nothing the first day I came here. I, I didn't even have my kids. And now I'm bringing them down to Sunday school. So it can feel really, really bad the first day you walk in. But God really shows you everything full circle. And we are blessed. We are blessed to have Lighthouse in our community. I'm glad Kathy made me come. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Great story. All right, who else is willing to share today? All right. I'm Greg, and uh, uh, I've been in recovery for some time now. And uh, and uh, when I got it, when I got into recovery, I, uh, you know, I was spiritual and everything. But uh, when I started coming over here, I've, I've I've learned a lot more about the stories in the Bible, and uh, and uh, and I've gotten a lot more fellowship. With, uh, with the church family here, and it's been awesome. So, you know, and I've been coming back regularly for for quite a while now. So it's it's been great. It's really changed my life a lot. Thanks, Greg. Hi, I'm Desiree. Um, I remember my first church service here. I was sitting back there and I was crying my eyes out. Um, and it happened to be baptism Sunday. And I wanted to get baptized that day. I didn't know anybody here. But I was like, I'm going to do it. Like God's telling me today. Um, and just everybody like not even knowing who I was or why I wanted to go get baptized and like accepting me where I was at. And like three different people were like, oh, we can give you rides, whatever. Like just the love and the... Like this, accepting. Um, I just, I appreciate everybody here and um, teaching me that, like, no matter what I've done, there's still somebody out there who loves me and accepts me no matter what, I, what I've done. So I love everybody here. Thanks, Desiree. It's hard to even imagine today that we're going to go to a lake and do baptisms this summer. It'll still have ice on it. <laughs> Hello, church family. I'm Kathy. Um, Dale, I think you said this last the week before, probably at, in the service, but if you show up enough times and then you don't show up, people recognize you. Oh. And that's what I love about this church, is if I'm gone, somebody's always like, where's Kathy? Is she okay? What's going oh. on? And I love that. It makes a person feel so, so good to be missed and noticed that you're gone. Oh, thank you, Kathy. Hi, I'm Darcy. 
I just wanted to say that bringing recovery and God together has saved my life. Thank you, Darcy. All right. Um, have time for one more if anybody else wants to share. Anybody else? All right. Oh, you find somebody? All right. We will wrap up with whoever must have raised a hand back there. Until I came to this church, I had all kinds of bad things in my life. Not that I knew how to cope with them. But since I've been here, my heart has been opened and my mind has been opened to realize that there are a lot of people out there like me who don't know how to cope with certain problems. And all I can say is just trust in the Lord because he's the only one that's going to help. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. So I love the story of the raising of Lazarus, um, and we're going to talk about it today. But every time I read it, um, I th- actually think of some verses from the Old Testament. Uh, they come from the book of Ezekiel, and I'm going to show you a few of them right now. Uh, it's Ezekiel chapter 37, and um, it says, The Lord took hold of me, Ezekiel, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floors. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. And then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? I know uh, personally that many people come to Lighthouse um, with that question on their mind. Um, And perhaps you are wondering it today. Lord, um, can these dry bones or can this broken body or this broken spirit, uh, can I become a living person again? I want to point out something interesting in in verse 3, if you can bring up verse 3. So it says, Then God asked me, Son of man, can these bones become a become living people again. And um, Ezekiel's answer is, O sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that. I think it's interesting that it's God asking the question, um, can these bones ever live again? It wasn't that long ago that I wondered uh, the same thing. Um, I was broken down by life. Uh, I had been struggling with alcoholism with depression, I was burnt out, and I asked the same question. Um, And here's the deal. Uh, Today, um, I realize that God was actually asking me the question. Um, Dale, are you giving up? Are you giving up? Can this broken body, this broken spirit, this broken life become a living person again. Have you ever wondered that? Huh? Have you ever wondered that? So um, if you have or if you are today, I want you to know the answer is yes. Um, Yes, it can. And it is God's desire in Christ Jesus that you begin today. Uh, By the way, um, 
I just want you to know that I've come to the conclusion that God is giving us one of the most incredible life illustrations that we will ever receive, and so I wanted to point it out to you today. Um, I am here to make lemons into lemonade. Turn and tell someone I love lemonade. Okay, here's, here's the illustration. Has anybody here thought in the last week or two, man, winter is getting long. <laughs> and painfully hard this year, tell someone it has been a tough winter. If you have heard me preach over the years, um, I have used um, Fargo Winters as an illustration of what we human beings sometimes go through. Um, because I've, I've learned that there are seasons not only to the climate that we live in, but there are seasons to our spirit or to our soul as well. Uh, for example, um, there are springtimes in our soul and in our spirit when, you know, there are new life budding and new things that are starting. And then there's summertime to our soul and spirit, like, like you know, if you're in a summertime right now, things are going well, and you're just kind of riding the wave, and man, we need times like that because a lot of life ain't that way. And so, you know, if you're riding the wave right now, just keep riding as long as you can. Because one thing we know, someday fall will come, right? And fall is a season of change in our life. And uh, we encounter changes all of the time. And then there's winter. Um, How do you describe winter? Well, in this part of the country, we have a word for it. It's ufta. Somebody say ufta. Yeah. Um, that's how we describe winters up here. So um, I've uh, looked out at my yard um, this last week, and I thought to myself, the grass is not turning green yet. Heck, I don't even know if it's there anymore. The winter of the soul can be a lot like winter up here in Fargo. Everything looks frozen and dead. Sometimes it can seem like it goes on forever. And you may know the feeling of feeling like you're dead spiritually or emotionally or psychologically. And I've learned in this season, sometimes we even come to wish our death was also a physical one. Can these bones become a living person again? You might be asking that question today. And in the winter of the soul, in the valley of the dry bones, we often begin to doubt God Um, We doubt his goodness, we doubt his presence, maybe even his existence. And I just want you to know it's natural to have doubts. Um, I think it's a natural part of our faith. Um, Can I even tell you that you can question God? Um, Believe it or not, God's big enough to handle your questions. And for some of us, 
Um, I know that the words of Mary and Martha ring true. Um, it's like they had been talking. You remember they had been talking to each other and they've said to each other, you know, when Jesus gets here, everything's going to be okay. You know, when Jesus gets here, we'll just give it over to Jesus. You ever try to do that? We're gonna, I'm just going to give it over to God. I've always felt like, um, I wish somebody would describe that to me. Like, what does it mean to give it over to God? Because it seems like I have to do it constantly if I'm trying to do it. And so, you know, they were, they were kind of feeling that way. When Jesus gets here, everything's going to be okay. We're just going give it, to give it to Jesus. And um, Lord, um, they said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you were here, if you had been here, man, I, I kind of remember saying that too. Um, you know, and if you had been truly good to God, if you had really been close by, if you would really love me, Lord, then, well, then I probably wouldn't go through some of the things that I've been going through. You ever think that? Um, maybe we could list them. Love it when we list them. If, if you had been here, I don't know that I would have battled addiction. If you had been here, I don't know that I would suffer from depression so seriously. Or I would have isolated due to my anxiety. If you had been here, Lord, um, then I don't think I would have been homeless. Or I wouldn't have lost my job. Or um, I wouldn't have lost my loved one. I wouldn't have been so lonely. Um, or my husband wouldn't have left me. My wife wouldn't have left me. My kids wouldn't struggle so much. Can we stop listing them? If you had just been here, Jesus, if you had just been here. So um, I want to share with you today um, four things that I take from this story in Lazarus. hope they're helpful. Um, and uh, there's so much in here we could talk about, but um, let me share these four things and uh, bless you on this on this Palm Sunday as we begin our journey towards Easter. Uh, the first thing that I want you to know is that God knows what you are going through and he is closer than you think. God knows what you are going through and he is closer than you think. Um, I wonder if you noticed that, well, you did because I pointed it out. It was God who asked Ezekiel if these dry bones can live again. And Ezekiel makes a confession of faith. You alone know the answer. Let me suggest that his words should become our words. When, when God's asking us that question, when we're asking it ourselves, um, God knows the answer. Let's lean into him. God knows the answer. Um, Jesus gets word his friend Lazarus is sick, um, but Jesus already knows he's died. He knows everything about you. He knows your doubts. He knows your struggles. He knows if your spirit is buried under five feet of snow and ice and frozen to death. He knows your doubts. He knows your fears. He knows. He knows and he loves you right where you are unconditionally. Loves you right where you're at. Jesus himself says, I am the resurrection and the life. We're going to come back to the resurrection but Jesus also says, I'm the life. In other words, Jesus' life. If you, want, you know, if you want to experience the life that God created you for, fall in love with Jesus. He is God's one and only son. 100% man, 100% divine. He knows what you go through. But he is more powerful than those things that rob you of life. In Ezekiel chapter 37 
the next verses, it says this. I love these verses. Um, Ezekiel says, Then God said to me, Speak prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. God knows what you are going through and he is much closer than you think. God in Christ Jesus loves you and he is here today with open arms. The second thing that I want to share is this. Our urgency is not the divine timing within which God works. Kind of stinks, but it's true. Our urgency is not the divine timing within which God works. You might have noticed that when Jesus got word about Lazarus, he didn't even seem very concerned. Like, like he stayed two more days. And it made me think, you know, I dial like this 911 prayer. Jesus, my life is falling apart here. And it's like Jesus says, well, I'm eating dinner here. The thing is, and this is why I struggle with this, the thing is, is I kind of tend to think that I'm at the center of the universe turn and tell someone I thought I was at the center. Turn back and say, nope, Dale is. Thank you, thank you. So um, maybe I'm a lot different than you, but when I put myself in a bad situation, I want God to rescue me now. Doesn't he know how important I am? I have come to learn that God God rarely works on my timeline. I've come to learn that God rarely works on our timeline. I do believe that God can and sometimes does heal supernaturally and instantly, but not usually and not often. The primary way I have experienced Jesus' healing is not by just taking the affliction away, but by walking hand in hand with me through it and that he brings people around me to walk with us through it. It is the purpose and the power of this lighthouse community that God has perhaps brought you into this place where he can begin to join hand in hand with you and with others to walk through whatever it is you're going through. Number three, God is not the source of our pain, our struggles, or our brokenness, and he wants what is best for you. Um, I want to read verse 33 again where it says, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Um, I always wonder, why was Jesus angry? What was he angry at? Um, In Romans chapter 6, it says, the wages of sin is death. 
In other words, death comes because of our sinfulness. God, in his infinite wisdom, he created this world and all of us as his children with free will. And it is our self-centeredness, our self-centered sin that separates us from God. Jesus came to demonstrate God's love for us and his desire for us to live in God's grace and will, not our own will. And it is what this week is all about. It's why Jesus dies on the cross. And what we see here is that to see his loved ones in pain and grief unsettled Jesus and it angered him. And it does, it, it does the same thing when he sees you in the same condition. God only wants what's best for you. He wants you to know and experience life, the life that he has promised you, life in his will and in his love and in his presence. God does not create the pain and the struggles that we go through, but it, it disturbs him too. Last thing I want you to know from this story is that Jesus is more powerful than death and what you are going through. In verse 25, it says, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? So I, I quoted a little bit of Romans 6.23. Here's the whole verse. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, in this life, there's always going to be pain and affliction and fear and death. We're always going to struggle. We're always on this side of eternity going to make mistakes and we're going to even keep doing some dumb things. In many ways, Jesus' raising of Lazarus from the dead is a foreshadowing of what is to come and you know, we're going to talk about that this week as we worship on Good Friday and on Easter. I hope that you can be with us. It's why Jesus was raised from the dead. What I want you to know today is that when we welcome Jesus into our hearts, he breathes life into us spiritually. If you feel like you've got spiritually dry and dead bones, today the promise is that this Jesus breathes life into us when we open ourselves up to him. Jesus' ultimate redemption lies ahead, but here's what I want you to know. That if Jesus can raise Lazarus from the dead, he can probably handle the stuff that you are going through. If Jesus can raise Lazarus from the dead, my guess is what you're going through is something that he can handle. He can also redeem it and bring it to life and make it new. That, my friends, is why I do what I do. It wasn't that long ago, as I mentioned, that I wondered, can these dry bones, this dead spirit, feel and act like a living person again? I remember asking the question, and it wasn't just this week, will spring ever come again in my life? The same Jesus who raised Lazarus from the dead has breathed new life into this burned-out, alcoholic pile of ashamed bones, and I know that he can do the same for you. 
So I am uh, 61 years old. That's old. Somebody at the last service was nice enough to say 61 years young. But a lot of days I feel old. (laughs) And um, that means that I have been through 61, going on 62 seasons. The whole shebang. Guess what? Spring has come, every one of them. Every one of them. This isn't the first winter where I have wondered, is this going to be the year where winter goes all year long? And what I have experienced, um, not only, here, here's the deal, not only in, the, in this time of year and what we're experiencing weather-wise, but I've experienced this in here too. Um, that, that the sun will peak out again and the temperatures will rise and the snow and the ice will melt. And even more so, the grass will begin to turn green and there will be buds on the trees and the flowers will begin to bloom and new life will be created. And when we thought that God was no longer working and he had left us for dead, back in the winters of our souls. It's the furthest thing from the truth. He was just preparing us for what is next. Amen.